Welcome in, everybody. It's what we do every Friday here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Time to get in the cage. It's brought to you by the Emerald Queen Casino. We had a great conversation with our next guest uh, probably just a little over a month ago, and she is back with us once again after a, a dominant performance. In fact, Kayla Harrison, I think I remember telling you about your, your last opponent. It would really be an act of mercy if you could get her out of there quickly because you really weren't that excited about your last fight. Uh, well, g- g- give me your thoughts on how on how that went down. I know you went into that cage with a little bit of reluctance because of what your opponent had been dealing with in life, and you really weren't that, that yep. fired up. Yeah, you know, I mean, I just – I'm a human being. I have emotion. I'm also a single mom, and Cindy was a single mom of six kids – is a single mom of six kids. Um, I had heard that she was probably – this was her last run, and I knew that she'd had to – had to go through a bunch um, in the past year to kind of get to where she was. So I didn't really want to be the nail in the coffin, but um, as my manager told me, this is business and you're in the wrong business if you're feeling sorry for your opponents. So I kind of had to put on my work boots and, and just go to work. But um, all's well that ends well. Cindy and I, we've been in contact. Um, you know, we're going to remain remain friends. And I got the job done. Everyone's okay. Everyone's healthy. Everyone's back with their kids, so life is good. How, how weird was that, though? I mean, that is a, a, an incredibly unique feeling to go. Most people enter the cage, and they're looking at that person across the other side going, I can't wait to just tear into this person, and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And you, you're you looking at it going, oh, man, I don't want to hurt this person. I mean, was that, that, that had to be a bit of a struggle, I would imagine. You know, I really don't have any um, ill will towards any of my opponents in my career ever. I think that I, I consider it a job. I have a job to do. This person's in my way. I'm going to go out there, and I'm, I'm going to instill my will. So it is a little bit weird, but I don't, you know, I, I think about, I mean, at the end of the day, this is a fight. This is a job. It's not, I'm not trying to go out there and kill anyone, you know. I, I want everyone to be safe and, and get home to their families and be all right, but I want my hand raised, so. You know, it's interesting in talking to a lot of fighters and especially trainers where they talk about, listen, I, I, I can't have my fighter going in there emotional. I can't have them in there angry. Yeah. I can't have because that's when you abandon your game plan. You're going to do something you otherwise mm-hmm. wouldn't do and expose yourself. Has there ever been an opponent you face where you, you they got under your skin a little bit? Maybe maybe deep down you're like, I'm going to take some pleasure in, in really beating this person. Well, this is, this is one of those cases where, you know, my judo background really came in handy because I've learned from experience in judo that when I compete emotionally and when I, um, when I let the game plan go that, you know, I don't have as much success. So I learned that the hard way. Um, I actually remember the very, the very hard lesson. I remember I was competing in the world championships. I was facing um, the Brazilian she had talked a little bit of crap, which is very unusual in judo, but she had kind of said that she felt like I was afraid since I came back from my knee surgery and that I wasn't the same competitor. And that really bothered me. And I went out there and I, I, uh, I was super emotional. I was fighting kind of wild, kind of crazy. And I ended up losing the, the contest. And I remember thinking, I'll never do this again. I will never um, fight with emotion like that. I'm going to stay cold, calm, calculated, and, and that's what's going to win me fights, and that's what's going to make me successful is is being composed, you know. And I haven't forgot it since. So no, not not in MMA. I've never really had my uh, cage rattled too bad. I don't I don't take anything the girls say personally. I don't um, I don't fight with personal um, vendettas or anything like that. It's 
I'm a I'm a cold calculated killer. <laughs> well, it, and I, I'm curious about this. I, I know the hardcore fans understand the format with the PFL. Uh, I mean, you you've walked through everybody you you fought, but for some reason you didn't get the top seed because you didn't get this last stoppage in time. Am I? Do I have that accurate? Yes. You, it, yes. Had you done it once earlier, again, you, you'd I be the not, one seed. Yes. Yes, right. Yeah, so Larissa Pacheco, who's been on a tear as well this year, um, she got her knockout, I think, quicker than I did my armbar in our in our last fight. So she's the number one seed, and I'm the number two seed. Is it, it, does that matter to you at all? I, I kind of feel like you look at it like it no. doesn't. I'm walking through whoever's there; it doesn't really make a difference. But yes. do you care? Yes. No, I mean this is. I was not the number one seed in the last um, season. I've gone into so many competitions in judo as the number eight seed or the number three seed or the number four. It's like, it doesn't matter. You know, it does to me, everyone's in my way. They're, they're um, in my path to greatness and I just got to go take them out. Now, now tell me about your next opponent, Jenna Fabian, who, you know, I, I'm not going to pretend I'm familiar with her. She's a, she's a name I'm not that familiar with. She's four and one. It's a big girl though. Mm-hmm. She's six feet tall, listed at six feet tall. Yep. Um, what, what do you know about what, what is it that she does? Well, she doesn't do well. What give me, give me a scouting report on her. Yeah. So it's going to be a good, uh, interesting fight. I actually was slated to fight her in the semifinals of the 2019 championships, but she pulled out of the the competition. So, um, this is a fight I've been preparing for, for a while. Um, I've done my due diligence. I know, you know, she's a very tall Southpaw striker. Her, her background is in Muay Thai. And I'm a very short Southpaw grappler. So <laughs> it's kind of uh, opposites attract here. And I think it's just going to be about going out there and instilling my will, um, you know, being safe, hit, don't get hit, get to the takedown. And I think once, once I get the takedown, um, she's in big trouble. How hard is it to find a, a sparring partner that can mimic somebody that size, a Southpaw, as you mm-hmm. said, who's a striker, who's six well, feet I'm- tall? <laughs> I'm pretty fortunate I train at one of the biggest gyms in the world, American Top Team. So um, if you've got a, a specific look, we've probably got a perfect partner for you. Um, I'm actually, my sparring partner this training camp has been Brock Weaver, who's a, a UFC vet. He actually just got signed to the PFL as well. And he's a six-foot-tall uh, southpaw. And he's pretty well-rounded, but he's been doing mostly striking for me um, just so I can get the, get the right look. Um, so it's been good. I feel, I feel really confident. And, um, again, that's just one of the benefits of being at American top team. One of the many benefits. Now is, is the goal to, to rematch with Larissa Pacheco? Cause she's the one person that's gone the distance with you. I mean, I mean, you, you've had two fights with, you've beaten her, but she's, she's gone the distance. Yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering what, what that motivation is like. Yeah, I mean, I don't really care. I'll, I don't care who's in the finals with me. I think selfishly I would like for it to be a different opponent just because I've already beaten Larissa twice. And um, But I'm not worried about it. I, I plan, I expect for her to be in the finals. Um, she's looked really good this year. I think, um, I don't know. I don't want to say anything negative, but if your biggest claim to fame is you've gone the distance with me, then um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm, that doesn't... Uh, as long as my hand gets raised, I don't care if it's ten rounds or one round. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a moral victory for her. Like, well, yeah, I lost, but I didn't. I didn't get crushed like the other girls. So it's. It becomes... I mean, she didn't. She didn't get submitted or TKO'd, but she also didn't win a single a single minute of a single round. Yeah. So. <laughs>
Well, it, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Now, something I know you've, you've probably been asked about, and and you're 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 you've got tunnel vision, so I'm not sure how much you've considered it or talked about it. But your contract with the PFL is coming to an end this season. <laughs> is that something you're you're? I would assume your your representatives are in discussions with the PFL and maybe the UFC. What 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 would you like to happen? Yeah. Um, you know, to be quite honest with you, I've got two more fights on my contract. I've got um, two big hurdles in front of me, and I do have to stay focused. I do have to stay um, tunnel visioned, like you said. And I know that if I do my job and I do everything right, that whatever happens will work out and it'll be in the best interest of me, you know. Um, I'm, I know that my, my manager is talking to the PFL. I know that they're sort of in the beginnings of negotiations. So we'll see. How cool is that, though, to have that that option of knowing, yeah, I win these next two fights. I can choose. I can, I can go to the PFL. I go to the UFC. I can yeah. go to Bellator. I can go to – I mean, you could, you could cherry pick whatever you'd like to do. That's a, that's a very nice position to be in. Yeah, you know, I feel like um, – I've worked really hard my whole life to get to this point. I've um, done everything right. I haven't skipped any steps. I, I keep my head down. I train hard. I fight hard. Um, I've been dominant. And it, it is a good feeling to know that um, either I'm going to get paid a, a ton of money by the PFL or I'm going to be maybe one of the biggest free agents in the history of MMA. So that's a really good feeling. And um you know, I'm not there yet, but I know that I'm going to keep doing everything right and I'm going to keep following the plan and um, it's going to be good. Yeah, it feels good. Life is good. How much is your family situation responsible for your focus and your, and your drive? I mean, you, you got I think most people know your story at this point, but you yeah. got put into a very unique uh, uh, family situation where you've got your niece and nephew and they're they're You're in charge now. You you're you're. All, yep. Out of nowhere, your mom, um, and that's a that's a yeah. very very new responsibility. Has that did that change your focus or or your drive or just how you approach your career? Um, it's funny you mentioned that. I just um, just got done signing the, some adoption papers today, um, so going to oh, make it official here pretty soon. Congratulations! Um, thank you. Yeah, breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> that's very um, cool. But. You know, I think that it has just made me complete. I think that I didn't know what I was missing um, before. And I do believe firmly that everything happens for a reason. Um, And my life was super empty before. I, you know, trained and laid out and ate and hung out with my dogs and then maybe had Taco Tuesday here or there and then (laughs) trained again. Um but my life was very much all about me and it was very self-centered and it was really empty to be honest. And now my life is not empty. Um, it's chaos and it's hectic. And I feel like I don't stop moving from the time I wake up until the time I go to bed every night. And, um, there are some days where I really am like, Oh geez, I don't know how I'm going to get all of this done in one day or all of this done in the time that it needs to be done. But I've also never been happier. I've never been more, more fulfilled. I've never been more at peace. Um, I've never slept better <laughs> Wow! and I've never, I've never trained harder. You know, I think that, um, MMA is my outlet and it's also my happy place. And it's such a good, I have such a good balance. You know, I'm, I'm really at peace w- with my life and where I'm going. And I think that, you know, who is it? Mike Tyson, a happy fighter is a dangerous fighter. Or I don't, I'm not sure exactly who said that, but it's kind of true. You know, I, I'm, 
I'm more dangerous than I've ever been because, number one, I'm a mama bear now, so I've got a lot to fight for, and you're not going to take food off my kid's plate. But number two, I, I'm just at peace. You know, my life is, it's been tumultuous. It's been a roller coaster. It's been wild, but I wouldn't have it any other way. If it, if it meant that I got to where I am now, I, would nev- I wouldn't change a single thing. They're, they're eight and two, right? Do I have that right? Correct. Correct. So- so do they, uh, maybe not the two-year-old, but your, your, I believe your niece is the eight-year-old. Does she, yep. does she mm-hmm. get what you do? Is that something you have to sit them down and explain? This oh, is what, yeah. listen, this is what mommy does. <laughs> oh yeah. No, listen, yesterday we had, yesterday was a crazy day where I had sparring, but I had to pick up Tyler from camp and, um, Emery was with me. So they came to sparring and then after sparring, Emery wants to get in the cage and do a judo throw on me. And they both know. They both know what's going on. I have to talk to Emery because he has very. Um, he likes the ground and pound. So I'm like, <laughs> I gotta explain to the two year old like we don't do that. You can do judo with mommy, but you can't do judo or ground and pound anywhere else. Like, uh, how do you tell a two year old do as I say, not as I do? Yeah. You know. <laughs> Uh, so two fighters in the making. I can see it right now. It's going to be a family lineage. I think so. Here. Emery is definitely. Kyla's, you know, she did judo before she moved here. We're, we're doing some judo together. We have mats at the house and stuff. Emery, um, so she's, it's funny because they're, you know, she he's in the 88th percentile for height and weight. He's a little tank, a little beast, and she's a little peanut. She's in the ninth percentile for height and weight. So she's eight years old and 50 pounds and he's two year old, two years old and 36 pounds. Um, so he's going to be in like wrestling. He's going to be in Mako's wrestling program. He's going to be like doing all kinds of sports and she's doing sports as well, but, um, she's going to have judo to defend herself. That's for sure. That's awesome. (laughs) I I wish I would have started at that age. I mean, that's, that's awesome. (laughs) Hey, last thing before I, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, it is awesome. I'm really, it's, um, the family that trains together stays together. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, before we let you go, I got to ask you, I think you're doing something really cool. You're, you're out there. You live in Coconut Creek, correct? Mm-hmm. So I, I was reading the story. I mean, obviously, everybody, I think, at this point is aware of what happened in the Surfside out there in Miami-Dade yep. County where the condo collapsed. And I think it's up yep. 90, 98 people have died. I mean, just absolutely brutal. But you... You got together with with American Top Team and and started raising funds for this. For people that aren't aware of that, just give me give me a quick you know overview of what what's happened and how that's going so far. Yeah. So um, after my fight, I sort of made a public um, public call out and I asked for people to help me um, to help those survivors and the victims and the fam- the victims' families. And um, you know, I believe that charity starts at home. This is very close to where I live and could have very easily been, you know, people I know or, or care about. And my heart just goes out to those people who are going through this right now. And um, I think it's our job as leaders of the community to, to step up and, and to kind of wrap our arms around those people right now. So um, I'm making a donation on the, on behalf of the fearless foundation. The PFL has also made a $10,000 donation on my behalf and you can donate directly. Um, so I'm, I'm doing the hard, the, um, Surfside Hardship Fund or the um, Ball of Shoal Harbor Emergency um, Relief Fund. Those are the two organizations that I'm donating to. And you can either donate to those directly or whatever charity you choose, 
Or if you don't want all the craziness, you can go to fearlessfoundation.org, click donate, and everything that has everything that has been donated from the time of my last fight until the time of my next fight will go directly to those two organizations to help out this community that's in their time of suffering. Fearlessfoundation.org? That's it. Fearlessfoundation.org. That's a very cool thing you're doing. Uh, and congrats on the adoption becoming official and, and what you're doing with this fund. Some really cool things outside of the cage. You'll be back in the cage August 19th against Jenna Fabian, six feet tall, Southpaw striker. This is going to be a very interesting matchup. So looking forward to that. Hey, Kayla, always really cool to talk to you. I really appreciate you taking the time and wish you the best in this fight. And hopefully we talk again soon. Absolutely. Thank you. I'll come back on any time. Love talking to you.